Welcome back to the Spirits Guide Podcast. I am Rich, your guide through the intoxicating spirits world. And this is another episode of Monday Night Sample Size. Now, this episode is sort of the epitome of really everything we're about, everything that the community and the family we're trying to build is about. This is one of those instances where You know, it's not that it's Monday night and I'm just having one. It's not that I'm trying something to bring into the store. This is an instance where somebody got their hands on a very rare, special, limited, once-in-a-lifetime bottle and thought highly enough of me uh, to share a small sample of that. And I couldn't appreciate it anymore. What we're drinking tonight is Black taught the last consignment um it's a rum that was well it's got just such a rich history a tot is how they used to refer to their sort of allotment you know british sailors would get a tot of rum every day and black tot uh, was the day they stopped doing that but when they stopped giving out tots of rum to the british navy they still had stocks of this rum that just kind of sat around in these warehouses in these ceramic flagons just sort of the only time they would use them is for you know royal weddings special occasions but for the most part they just sat there untouched for over 40 years until somebody bought them up did a little blend of them uh and now you know there's some bottles of this stuff out there Again, my friend Leo got his hands on one of these bottles, poured off a sample. It is one of the most unique, interesting, complex, from start to finish spirits I have ever tasted. Um, Yeah, just it's a wild ride on the palate from the, you know, the sweet rum flavors in the, the front kind of the smoky elements and then the umami on the finish. It's just, it's a wild ride. It's an incredible story. Uh, Hope you guys enjoy, you know, listening to the story as much as I enjoyed researching it uh, and definitely tasting it. Now, if you guys like what I'm doing here, you want to be part of this community, you want to be part of the family, uh, go to the podcast page on Spotify, click that follow button, give it a five-star rating because that's what helps other people who are into what we're all into kind of find this podcast when, you know, they're looking for something new to listen to. This will help to populate that search. Uh, Follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'm constantly putting up pictures of what I'm drinking, what I'm reading, uh, what I'm listening to, whatever it is that I'm doing while I'm enjoying spirits, uh, as well as, you know, pictures of some of the cool people I get to meet and hang out with along the way. And if you've got a sample that you're curious about my opinion on, uh, if there's something here that I've tried that you would like to try, I will do my best to get you a sample of it. Uh, If you have an idea for a show or you just want to come hang out here in the studio and do a show with me, you can reach me at thespiritsguide89 at gmail.com. All right, I'll let you guys get on to the episode and on with you Monday night. We'll chat with you guys soon. Cheers.
All right, so here we are. It's sample size Monday. You guys know the drill by now. You know, this is born out of COVID when we couldn't drink together. Sometimes I do this as a way to taste things to decide whether or not, you know, I'm going to bring them into the store. And sometimes, sometimes it's just about one of us in our community here who gets their hands on something special and kind of looks beyond themselves to think like, hey, this is something somebody else might be interested in. And I am always appreciative when people bring me samples, you know, they take the time out of their day. They've spent hard-earned money and they've done a lot of hunting to track down a specific bottle. And then somewhere in their mind, they think, hey, you know what? Rich might like this. I, I can't say enough how much I appreciate the fact that, you know, you guys are out there and you know, are willing to and want to share these things with me. This <clears throat> really is kind of the epitome of that, what I'm tasting tonight. This was a sample that was provided to me by my friend Leo, uh, who, you know, like so many of us in this great community that, that we're building here, goes beyond just bourbon or scotch or even whiskey. Uh, Leo's got a great passion for all things that are cool in history, and, and that's kind of where we are tonight with something called Black Tot Rum, and this is the last consignment edition. Now, you guys who know me know that I am a sucker for a great story. I'm a sucker for history. I'm a bigger sucker when it turns out that it's all true. So here's the story, and I know we usually don't do a big deep dive on a Monday night, but this one deserves, geez, I just poured it in the glass and I can smell it. And when I tell you this is probably eight inches away from the microphone. Uh, it's behind the microphone. It is just wafting at me already. This is going to be a fun one. I have some notes here because I want to make sure that I get this story across. So you guys understand just how special this is. <clears throat> so Black Tot, this is named after, you know, a tot was a daily ration that the British Navy used to give sailors of rum. Black Tot is named after what is known as Black Tot Day, which is July 31st, 1970. 1970. That was the last day that the British Royal Navy gave out rum allocations, I guess, for lack of a better word, to sailors on their ships. Now, the story of the British Navy and their rum supplies are this. They would get rum in from Trinidad, Jamaica, Barbados, Guyana. They would get shipped to England via, and I actually have the name of the company here, the EDF uh, company, EDF Man Company. They were the official rum merchants since 1784 of the British Navy. They would ship them to, to Britain in oak casks where they would then be dumped into these ceramic stone flagons. They would be bottled up, and then the remnants would remain in these flagons. So almost like a Solera system or an infinity barrel, they just kept topping these off for you know over 100 years. Well, when they stopped giving out rations in 1970, all that rum remained in these flagons. The people who owned 
a company called the Whiskey Exchange, uh, bought a bunch of these flagons, put some blends together. There's not a ton of this stuff out there, obviously. Um, but yeah, this is rum that, I mean, there's no age statement on it because there's no way to tell exactly how old the rum was, but it had been sitting in these stone flagons since 1970. So 40, 50 years, uh, of just kind of sitting there waiting to be kind of bottled and who knows how old it was before that. So this could be rum that was made 50, 60 years ago. We don't really know. And it could be mingled in those flagons with rum that is, you know, 75 years old. So that's kind of an important thing to note here as well, because the color, which is just fantastic. It's kind of this, I don't know, there's a golden brown, but then there's a deep brown kind of note that runs through it, almost a blackish note. So. You know, obviously this rum got some of its color from being aged in these oak barrels before it gets dumped in the flagon. But also over that 40 years that it sat untouched in those flagons, oxidation has occurred. And so you're getting some of that color as well. So it's not strictly just coloring of the oak. There's oxidation, which has played a part in the color of this rum as well. Depending on where you put it in the light too, there's almost like a a brick red kind of color to it, depending on which way the light hits it and, and, and where you're looking at it from. I mean, on the nose, it's got some of those great, very typical kind of rum notes, that burnt sugar, that molasses. But there's also a smokiness, like a, almost like bacon-y kind of smoked meat to it, like a maple bacon like a uh, really heavily smoked maple bacon. Uh, now this, if you can find it in the wild, uh, I know what Leo told me he paid for it, and that's strictly his business. But if you look it up online, I've seen it anywhere from 400 up to $1,000 on, on secondary market. Uh, I forget, it was like, 3,000 bottles of this stuff in existence. Not a ton of it out there um, by any means. So cool, cool history. Again, you're, you're tasting something that could have been made. I mean, this rum was put in flagons and has been sitting there longer than I've been alive to kind of put that into perspective. And on the nose, I mean, the, the deeper you smell, like right away, the first thing that jumps out of the glass is obviously all those great kind of rum notes. But the deeper you inhale, the more you get that smoke. And it's almost like a, it's almost like a mesquite kind of nose to it. Ah, this is wild. All right. Well, the proof is in the glass. Now, I'm going to say right off the bat, even if you like rums, even if you like sipping rums, aged rums, you know, you go back to 
some of the stuff that Peter Thomas and I talked about in the Bob Marley episode, this might not be for you. Um, I like it. I think it's cool. I think it's quirky. I think it's incredibly interesting. I love the historic element to it. Uh, and I'm kind of instituting, you know, we have the three-tiered rating system of is it good, uh, is it worth the money, and does the bottle start a conversation if you put it on the bar. But I also want to institute a three-tiered grading system of is it a taster, a sipper, or a drinker. And a taster, to me, is something like you're happy you tasted. You probably wouldn't pay the money to get a bottle of it. Um, you know, a sipper is something you pour a glass with, you, you open a good book, you'll have one the next day, you'll have another one and a drinker. Well, those are whiskeys. You really get after it with not even whiskeys, rums or whatever. You know, when we're drinking, we're drinking, we're hanging out with friends. We're putting down two or three or, or however many tasting. We're taking a sip. That's it. Uh, sipping is exactly what it means. Probably having one. This falls somewhere between a taster and a sipper. This is definitely not something you're going to get after and drink all night. One, because once you finish that bottle, you're never going to see another one. You're drinking a part of history, and it's not cheap. You know, whether you're paying four, five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars for it, it's not something you're going to be drinking every night. It's definitely a taster. For me, it's a sipper. Um, but I get for some people, ooh, there's a weird kind of note in the back that just hit me. And it reminds me of some really kind of earthy Italian wines where you get like this kind of mushroom, olive kind of flavor profile. Yeah, I mean, the finish obviously lingers. And as it's settling there, there's a bunch of different things going on. But yeah, on the back end, I am definitely getting like olives and kind of mushrooms and like an Italian red wine thing going on. So yeah, so back to it. For me, this is a sipper, borderline taster. Um, I'm glad I tasted it. Uh, thank you so much, Leo, for for sharing this with me. Um, I don't know with my budget that I would necessarily go out and try to track down a bottle. But if I had one, I would certainly sip on this on special nights. <clears throat> it's it's incredibly complex. There's a lot, a lot going on here. You know, this isn't just pour it in a glass, throw it down. It's good. Like, like I said, up front, you're getting that that burnt sugar, that molasses, uh, deeper nose. And on the palate, you're getting some of that smoky bacon. And then on the finish, you're getting this kind of umami, umami. Uh, olive thing going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on here to just kind of throw down. Um, yeah, I got to take one more sip, though. So, three-tiered rating system. Wow, that's good. Is it good? Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's tasting history. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, is it worth the money? It's kind of one of those things that it's worth what somebody is willing to pay for it. I think if you can get it for the right price, uh, 
certainly it's worth the money just for the historical significance to it. Um, and does the bottle cider conversation without a doubt. I mean, I've seen, you know, the, the walnut wood box that it comes in. It's absolutely fantastic. If somebody sees this bottle on the bar, they're going to want to start a conversation. So it hits all three of those notes. It's definitely a sipper for me. Man. Yeah, if you guys see this out there in the wild, if you're at a, you know, a high-end bar that maybe is pouring this, if you're lucky enough to see that, then definitely, definitely grab yourself a, a pour of this. All right, we're going to wrap it up from there. I want to thank you guys, as always, for, for listening in, being in on the journey with me. Um, thank you again, Leo, for, you know, pouring off a little bit of a very special bottle and sharing it's what this community is all about. You know, it's about people who get their hands on good stuff, not to uh, not to display it, but to share it with everybody else. So we all get to be a part of it. I can't say enough how much I appreciate it. All right. We're going to wrap it from there. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Monday. We will chat with you again soon. Cheers. Yay!